Welcome to a special interview episode of Broadway Radio. My name is Matt Tiamanini. On today's episode, I'm in conversation with the Tony-nominated scenic designer of Hangman, Anna Fleischla. Actually, not only am I in conversation with the Tony nominee, when we did this interview, it was actually just a few hours after she received her first ever Tony nomination earlier this month. Fleischla is a German-born designer who is not only responsible for the show's breathtaking set, but she also designed the show's costume as well. Having worked on the show first in its London premiere in 2015, Fleischla has seen the show through several incarnations, both in London and in New York, including one which saw the play's set literally thrown away. Can you imagine? In addition to Hangman, Fleischla designed a couple of shows that originated in London that either are or will be coming to the U.S., including Everybody's Talking About Jamie and the Sharon D. Clark and Wendell Pierce-led production of Death of a Salesman. When I spoke with Anna on Tony Nomination Day, she was in Vienna, working on her next very big, overwhelming project, which we will get into in our conversation. So, without further ado, here is my conversation with Tony nominee Anna Fleischla. All right. Well, I, I think I have to start the conversation with saying congratulations. We are just a couple hours now after you found out that you've received your first Tony nomination for Hangman. So congratulations on that. You're overseas in Vienna, but that had to be a a, a pretty fun little bit of news midday for you. Yes. Very nice. Extremely nice. <laughs> yes. Thank and, you. And this is a show that you've been working on for quite a while. You've received uh, Olivier recognition as well for the show in in London. How did you kind of get involved with Hangman at its inception? Um, I have worked with Matthew Dunster, the director, um, many times before. We are very kind of long collaborators. Um, and um, yeah, and so when uh, he was asked to direct hangman he asked me if i would design it yeah and what's so interesting about this show without spoiling anything for folks who haven't seen it is that there are so many twists and turns in the story of the show and your set especially reflects the fact that there's a lot of surprises um and and hidden things going on in there and and again you can spoil as much as you would like to spoil but i i don't want to be the one to do that but when you start to work on a show where mysteries and some some things being hidden from the audience are part of the plot of the show how do you start to kind of think about how you're going to factor that in to your designs for the visual representation of the show as well well, I uh, I mean, I, I always really like Martin's work and I, you know, I love, I just love the darkness in it and the, the darkness mixed with the humour, uh, you know. And um, and so for me, always the thing as a designer is to kind of, you know, um, once you know what the story is and, and uh, you know, what you want to tell, it's about... Um, when you when you know you what you want them to feel is that how can you influence this body of people who are watching it in um in the way they feel about something how can you intensify certain things or you know keep something you know mysterious and hidden these are all questions that you know I ask myself when I um design a show and with this one um, I felt that um, there's something, well, firstly, you know, you start with kind of quite a, you know, a short but very drastic scene in the beginning mm -hmm. that kind of felt like you can't just 
you can't just leave that and pretend it didn't happen. You kind of, you know, for me, the, the, the metaphor was it has to feel like it is hanging over the remainder of the show. So, you know, there was a kind of very strong sense that whatever happened in the beginning, I somehow did actually want to go up into above the rest of the show that uh, even if we forget about um, you know, the first location, the first scene, we get, we always have that sense of it's right above our heads. This is the shadow over everything that follows. Um, and then there's something interesting always in uh, in design. I think that, you know, sometimes a shift lo of location doesn't just have to be a, oh, we have to change scenery because we need to get to another space, but that that can be um, uh, a point of storytelling as well, a point of visual storytelling. And um, and that's something I obviously did in Hangman and I enjoyed very much to, to uh, you know, rather than stop and start, to have something that continues the story and keeps the audience engaged and also unsettles the audience. You know, I mean, that kind mm -hmm. of first scene change that makes people feel slightly... Um, uh, it feels like you're losing your balance because you're not quite sure what happens at first. And I really like that. Uh, I was in whatever the fourth or fifth row or whatever. And when I, again, I won't give too much away, but when it was happening, I, because of the way it was lit, I'm watching it and kind of marveling at what's happening, but I couldn't exactly tell what was happening. Was it rotating? Was it moving up? I, it was all uh, kind of uh, added to the mystery of what we had just seen in the the drama and and everything. And I, like you said, I was a little confused at just to what my eyes were showing me, even though it was no more than, you know, 20 feet in front of me. Yes, yes. Well, that's great. It had that effect on you. <laughs> yeah, and, and judging by the oohs and ahs of the audience, uh, I think that they, it, it impacted them as well. Um, but I'm wondering, as you try to kind of wrestle with all of the things you just talked about, about playing into the emotions of the show itself, what is that collaboration process with you? You get Martin's script and you're um, working with, with Matthew as the director. Is this something where, at least in this particular project, where you went through a lot of different ideas that you threw out there or just even if it's just yourself throwing against the wall to try to come up with things and then you finally settled on the plan that you had or was this more or less the first thing that you kind of settled on and said yep this is it we're running with this one and we'll kind of massage the details from there yeah it was it was the second one it was really really quite quite quick, you know, I had such a strong response to the play when I read it. And I remember calling Matthew saying, um, you know, the first thing I know already is that I want to build something where when the audience comes in, it feels so real and so solid that you think this is going to be the design. This is the space. This is where the play happens. Um, and you don't suspect that there's a whole other, um, uh, you know, space to it. Um, and uh, and I think, you know, and the difference of the three different spaces of, you know, the the kind of utilitarian feel of the first one where you feel there's just no personality in it. You know, it's a place where people just, you know, held basically until they're being executed. And then, you know, the, the, the pub is just full of life and smells and kind of, you know, uh, years and years and years of history. Um and uh, actually similarly with the cafe. And so, so those spaces were in my head quite quickly. And even the shape of, this, of the space was in my head. 
actually, um, and, and, you know, as soon as I showed it, Matthew, he really loved it. And so luckily that Martin, when he saw it, and then the detail was obviously more in the technical, you know, once I had the space, there was a lot of working how, how you can actually make it all happen. And the um, Royal Court where we first did it is a quite a very small theatre, really. And I, um, I used every inch of it. Yeah, I, I would imagine that with especially with the the pub scene that you you mentioned that that had to be a fairly expansive uh set for that for that space i I wonder throughout the evolution of the show that now that it's played um multiple locations in london and in new york have there been a lot of uh adaptations in terms of the size of the set or maybe the functionality and the placements of things or has it been mostly just what we see now on Broadway, just perhaps maybe trimmed uh, on the edges to fit the uh, the actual physical space. Um, it's actually mostly just been little alterations. So um, that the the kind of physical size hasn't changed much. We, you know, now the proscenium is a bit wider, so you know there was a change there. Um, when we did it at, at the Atlantic, obviously I couldn't fly the prison set, so right. that's the only time I had to really go away from that very very central idea. Um, and um, and then obviously there are adaptations to the space, but they're quite minimal. I mean, the thing that now um, I don't know if you know, but you know, the, when we had to um, close at the beginning of the pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, then a few months later, it was decided that um, you know the show was not going to come back, and so the entire set was ripped out and um, put in the trash so you know the oh the um the set that we had from the royal court still which had kind of it was then in its fourth incarnation was actually thrown away so um what we have on stage now is brand new and so obviously there were lots wow. of little places where we went okay well this has always been a pain you know <laughs> this little bit didn't work we're we making that better and then there were some things that were specifically done to fit the royal court which actually we didn't have a problem with in other spaces so it was nice to be able to iron some of that out and just uh, make it that little bit better and especially function you know function better so yes but apart from that yeah. it is it hasn't really changed much That's it's interesting when sometimes you do these things where you, everything slots together so brilliantly that even you know it was interesting coming back after such a long time as well and you know there could be there might be sometimes uh you know times where you feel you you come back after seven years or whatever it is and you feel you've moved on and you're not so happy about showing something you know from seven years ago but with this one you know i couldn't be happier yeah and i I, it's funny when i people knew that i was going to see the show aside from the fact that it's a great show and everyone's kind of been waiting for this moment for i guess four years since the atlantic now one of the first things that everybody always said to me was oh you're gonna love the set so I, i feel like people are are resonating with that or it's resonating with people as well but in addition to the set you were also the costume designer. And I wonder, is there a difference in your approach uh, from kind of that storytelling element that you mentioned with costumes um, to the set? Is the set, to me, I always feel like the set as a complete novice who doesn't know anything about what you do for a living, but like the set kind of feels more um, exemplary of the story where obviously the, the costumes tend to be more about the individual characters. Do you have a different approach to how you, um, 
go into the design work for costumes than you do with the set? Or is it more or less just different parts of the same storytelling apparatus? Well, it kind of complements each other. And I think um, this is why, you know, even though it is quite quite a lot of work to do both on a show, but what I really love about it is that for me, the two obviously form one world. And so um, you're, I never forget one or the other as I'm kind of working on the other one because they're com- yeah, like I said they complement each other and they ta- sometimes they tell the same story sometimes they tell different stories but um, uh, when they come together that's when you have a kind of you know a sense of completion and um, you know so the like you say the set tells a kind of bigger story wider story but then but then the costume are of course detail of these individuals but then you also look at it within the space so if you look at the pub um it's such an extremely male space you know and which is so much about that period obviously as well there is a light i have a lady's toilet uh you know in the set which of course is never going to be used because there's no woman in the pub and um and then you know for example a thought about costume then is you know what what does it mean to be a woman in that space you know and in a period where you had to play to your femininity in a very you know in a way that would please the male gaze and then it's you know you have you know there's a moment where um Alice the landlady comes down in the morning when you know the, the the young guy from London comes in and 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 I really wanted that to be a moment where she's she is gone upstairs and she wants to impress him you know she wants to please him and so she comes down into this kind of gray place where everybody kind of wears beige and brown or whatever and she's just like this bird of paradise do you know what I mean and yeah. so um so there's lots of thoughts where you know um uh, I'm conscious of of one and the other at the same time and and it's about how they play together yeah it, it was really fascinating especially as you mentioned the the pub has all of these dark wood um, colors, lots of beiges in the costumes, but browns and grays on the set. And then you've got Tracy Bennett coming down and some pops of color, which really makes her stand out. It really kind of separates her from the rest of the very male, very buttoned up uh, characters uh, that she's sharing the stage with. So that, that's fascinating to hear. Um, I, I do want to mention the fact that I, I said you're overseas and people might assume, oh, you're in London working or something. You're actually in Vienna right now. What What is it that you're working on there? I'm I'm working at the um, Staatsoper, so the state opera of uh, Vienna, doing um, La Feo, which is a, an opera by Monteverdi. So I'm doing set and costume on that, um, which is a really big. I mean, it's a massive opera house, and it's a it's a big production. Um, and so I'm in the middle of um, we're in the first week of rehearsals. I'm in the middle, halfway already through costume fittings. So, yes, it's going to be in, intense next four weeks. <laughs> How many costumes for something like that will you need to have? You know what? I haven't counted, but I would say it's probably about uh, 300 maybe. Oh, man. So is, yeah. the, is there a different mindset when either doing costumes or scenic design for an opera versus versus theater? Yes, there is. I think, you know, it's uh, – I, I think um, – the story, well, even though we in this one we are kind of really wanting to tell the story, but um, I think storytelling as such is, you know, and is is more um, uh, is clear, obviously, in plays and plays a bigger mm-hmm. part. You know, in opera, um, I think there's, you know, you allowed to be more metaphorical in opera, 
Um, and, uh, you know, you've got a big group of people to deal with. So I think that's some that's something that I definitely, you know, and this one found very different to, you know, the place that I design is that you have your you have your main characters, but then obviously with the chorus, you have a whole body of people. And that's quite an interesting thing to kind of look at how um, the individual is set against the group. And are you making the group into just something where everyone blends into one or are you making them very individual? So they're quite interesting, interesting choices like that. And then actually the process of making is different because it's so big and the departments are kind of, you know, each department is a big individual department that actually whilst you, whilst it's now being created, it is very pulled apart. So you're, you're kind of going uh, big distances between buildings that are making um, all the different details. And it's me who has to keep the picture yeah. in my head and hope that it will all link up again in the end. Yeah, I that seems, especially for, like you said, a, a four or five week rehearsal period, that seems like quite the undertaking. So uh, I imagine yes. that that is, uh, uh, and you're doing both sets and costumes for that? I am, yes, which oh. is slightly crazy, but yeah. yes. Well, <laughs> it, it seems like you've at least got a good plan in place if you're already getting through all of the uh, all of the fittings. So I won't take yes. I won't take too much more of your time, but just kind of looking at Hangman was the first show that you designed that came over to Broadway. There's a number of things that you've done in London that are making their way either across the United States or to um, New York uh, in the near future, and I don't know what your uh, involvement in some of those will be, but I, I I have to ask now that you've had a show that's been on Broadway. Obviously, you you guys tried back in 2020, but it's now finally there. Mm. You have the Tony nomination now. Um, have you noticed any differences in terms of responses to the work from what you had in London? Is there a, um, a way that either London or New York audiences appreciate the scenic or costume designs differently from their counterparts across the Atlantic? Yes, I think so. I mean, that's one of the, you know, really exciting things, I think, working in different countries. And, and obviously, I'm you know, I'm German, I'm not British either. So, you know, um, yeah. I, you know, the, uh, and it's something that I'm fascinated by and that is quite an important part of my life, I guess, is is kind of, you know, being curious about, um, uh, you know, how differently we kind of live or experience things and, and, and how important it is for us to learn about, um, you know, other places, other cultures, the way that people see things. And, and so I find it, um, there are different reactions, I think. You can see that people laugh at different things. You know, in England, with Hangman, for example, there is so much recognition. You could tell that people recognized either places or incidences. And I think, you know, uh, in um, now on Broadway, it's slightly different. People are kind of, it's more, yeah, more being curious about something that maybe, you know, is, is, is of a different place. And um and I think learning about what, uh, you know, the, those differences and what people enjoy and um, what they notice, you know, to me, you know what they um, react to is, is really fascinating. And I think all of those things keep informing the future work that you do because you learn, you learn about, um, you know, yeah, different cultures and, um, yeah, people who live in different places. I find that fascinating. Yeah. Well, I, I'll I'll leave you on this question. You, you 
done so much um, all over the place, especially, um, like I said, in, in London and across Europe as well. I wonder, is there a set or a, or a group of costumes that you are the most proud of that maybe if people here in the States aren't necessarily familiar with that you can say, this is the thing that represents me as a designer more than anything else that people can go and see and say, oh yeah, now I understand who she is as an artist. Yeah, you know, there isn't actually. And I think the reason why there isn't is because I um, uh, I think I because I treat everything that I do um, differently as in, you know, the, the whatever the kind of the story is or the kind of um, the setting of uh, a, a certain production, I kind of react to that in a in a very kind of um, open and and kind of new way, if you see what I mean. So I don't have a style or a thing where I kind of go, well, that's that really sums me up. I think it's the body of work that I've done that probably sums me up. Yeah. And um, so not just one thing. And then sometimes actually the things that I've been proudest of are things that are um, collaborations that really bring, you know, the kind of um, the merging of what what design is, what performance is, what directing is to a point where you can't quite tell the difference of what's what. And um, and where actually um, the performance, performance itself and you watching it and being there and seeing it unfold live is the main component, which is something that you can't really hold in a picture or, you know, an image. So, um, yes. I love that. Sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> that's great. That's, that's an even better answer than I could have hoped for. <laughs> so uh, I thank you for your time. I'm sure you've already had a very long day uh, over there of costuming, but congratulations on the Tony nomination. Um, Hangman is uh, a thoroughly entertaining show on its text alone but combined with with your design work it, it really is a thrilling uh, experience of theater so i hope that everybody goes out and sees it and congratulations good luck with the uh, the whole awards uh, circuit over here i don't know how long you, or when you're going to be able to make it over if at all but hopefully you get to enjoy some of the accolades that come along with it thank you very much yes i hope so too <laughs> thank you 